Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown with myself, Joe Oberly, and my cohort here, Mark Craig from the Star Tribune, StarTribune.com, longtime uh, NFL and Vikings writer. You know him well. You've read him many times. Mark, what a game. What a game. It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I can't believe it. I, I, was, I was so excited after that happened. I, I could hardly sit in my seat. Oh, wait. I must be te- thinking about the Minneapolis Miracle. Scratch that. Scratch that. Mark, that was a cluster. The Vikings won. They beat the Detroit Lions, but just barely. Uh, again, a lock. It was my lock last week. I told you. Okay. Guaranteed. 100%. Yeah, right, and and you didn't sweat any bullets. I didn't. No, I I actually tweeted it all week. So uh, I, when it when it ended, I was like, "Hey, what's the problem? This is my lock." So <laughs> nothing to see here. Move along. Move along. Yeah, right. It came down to the uh, the point of Kirk Cousins having to to run, you know, take the team up the field in about thirty some seconds, a la uh, Aaron Rodgers, as I saw you tweet, and uh, get him in position for a field goal, which is never a sure thing on this team. And it was a lock, and you weren't sweating, and you weren't concerned about your survival pool. I don't believe it. I also had the Ravens last night. That was—I never sweated that one either. So, um, no, it, it's funny because uh, this is this is kind of the Vikings land in a nutshell. Okay, uh, you win a, you win a a game on a field goal. A man put his right foot to the ball, and it went fifty-four yards between those two yellow posts. Not left, not right. Uh, and to get there, your quarterback, who you're paying $33 million a year, did exactly what you're paying him to do. And if you look at the uh, the drives that uh, Tom Brady had in week one, and especially the one that Aaron Rodgers had in week three, the one that Aaron Rodgers had in week three was almost identical, except Kirk had two timeouts. Brady had no time. Um, Rodgers had no timeouts. But it was 33 seconds, 37 seconds. 42 yards, 46 yards, 51-yard field goal, 54-yard field goal. So there's a lot of things that you would think in a normal a world that they would be – I mean, and the, the crowd did erupt, and it was a, a, a big moment and everything. People will remember, and and uh, and uh, Zimmer and, and uh, Cousins beat each other up there for a few seconds. and um, But, yeah, I, but then it immediately gravitated. It goes back to – blowing the 10 point lead and being conservative and all the things that Vikings fans just live to gripe about. Well, you know, that's the problem. We thought we were watching a different team. That couldn't have been the Vikings out there, you know, putting together that last second drive to go up the field and get in possession for a field goal. Let's not forget that uh, Greg Joseph missed a 49 49 yarder just prior to that, which came after his 55 yarder. Yeah. Zimmer's got a kicker. No, he doesn't. Wait, yes, yes, he does have a kicker. You know, so we were watching. uh, It was an out-of-body experience for the Vikings fans to have that come through because we all thought, oh, God, you know, as soon as as Madison fumbled and the ball was there on the 12-yard line, all of a sudden Goff is going to do whatever it took to get get him in the end zone. And, and of course, the two-point conversion and, of course, the Vikings are are scrambling at the end. That that's how the should have ended right there. And if you look at the, I was watching the replay. Um, <laughs> uh, had they lost, there would be many. Um, obviously, there'd be a lot of things to talk about, more things to talk about. But uh, on that touchdown run, right? You know that they're the, the Lions touchdown run. 
and, and Eric Kendricks made reference to this after the game. I said, what did you see on that play? He goes, well, I saw Dalvin Tomlinson get hold, get held. And if you watch the replay, uh, the rookie, Sewell, has actually got his arm wrapped around his chest as the guy's running past. Uh, and he, the, even uh, Tomlinson and the rookie tackle both looked to the officials as if it's going to be a holding call, and it wasn't. So that would have been a, 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 so another little scar tissue for uh, you Vikings fans to uh, to enjoy. Uh, but your your quarterback and your kicker bailed you out, and and I honestly think that they they have found a kicker. Now, he's not going to make a hundred percent. I mean, look at Mason Crosby; he's their kicker. He's obviously a veteran, been doing this forever. But look how many kicks were missed at, at the end of that game, uh, and he came back and he made it. I, I I'm getting the sense that this kid is going to be somewhere. Uh, he's going to miss kicks. They all miss kicks once in a while. But I, I just get this feeling that you're seeing these 50-yarders just drop in a lot. So uh, this is going to be a big moment in his career going forward for sure. Let me go back just a second to that play. I mean, I heard, uh, the, 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 the touchdown that the Lions scored to take the lead eventually. Uh, I've heard some people describe it as it was – I guess it was Pete Bursich said on KFAN that it was – a, a good hold because he kind of disguised it so you couldn't call it. But here it is for, uh, you know, in the Vikings' recent times, penalties that should have been called against them as the game is on the line. It's, is this a new emphasis or is this what Reservoir's done throughout, you know, the years in the league when the game's on the line down near the end and it's got to be egregious or they're not going to, they're going to swallow their whistle. They don't want to decide. Is that what's happening? I mean, I go back to the, well, to the Cleveland game, as you well know, and, and the mugging of, uh, of Adam Thielen right before he should have uh, caught the tying touchdown. But anyway, that's what I'm referring well, to. Well, I think Vikings fans notice it because it's their team. I mean, uh, you look at the uh, Browns fans uh, at the um, uh, last year in the, in the playoffs against the chiefs, there's that tackle at the, at the pylon where the ball goes through the end zone. And instead of it being at the one inch line, it's a it's a uh, turnover for the Chiefs at the at their twenty yard line. It's a helmet to helmet right there, and that's all you heard from Cleveland. You know, uh, so yeah, you notice because it's your it's your team. Uh, you know, officiating is not great. It's uh, there's it's first of all, it's a difficult, it's a really difficult job to do with just how fast the game is. And, and I don't, I mean, Pete obviously knows a ton more football than I do, but I don't know how that the kid that the guy disguised it because you saw his arm is. His uh, finger to shoulder in a white wrapper's shirt, and he's got it wrapped around him. I don't know how much it it stopped him. I mean, but uh, it definitely impacted uh, that that play. I, I would imagine, uh, and also the two. I would you know if we're gonna if we're on a Vikings favorite subject of officiating. Uh, looking back at the game, I I wrote about how Herndon's terrible day uh, impacted two you know killed two drives. Well. Absolutely. Well, you, uh, you know, that whole, I mean, I sort of agree with Zimmer that that holding penalty that he got, uh, I don't know that he was holding because he's diving. He's guessing that Madison's going this way. He dives low and Herndon just kind of rides him down. Uh, didn't really, I think, impact the play. I don't think it was a hold. And then the the crackback, you know, I don't know. I had to have a, I thought I looked at it close enough. He's on the, he's on the opposite side away from the play. Um it looked like he, he cut him legally, but I, you know, I don't know. It's, but it was a ticky tack foul, I believe. So yeah, there's a lot of things that went there that killed some drives and helped the lions, but uh, you know, the Vikings survive and move on. You're, you're, you're answering my question. It's not an emphasis. It's a, a uh, forever in this league, the 
the, the refs, yes, they have a difficult job. It They can't keep up with the speed of the game because usually, I mean, when I was growing up watching the games, it was always, Bud Grant had the same complaint about referees. They weren't, you know, young enough or fast enough to keep up with the speed of the players and they couldn't, you know, uh, do the job that's required of them because these top, you know, these are the best athletes in the world. And that's probably what it comes down to. But damn, with all the, uh, all the replaying, all the stuff. I, I don't know. It, it gets frustrating. Yes, Vikings have that. Oh, I suppose we have it more because we lose more games. I don't know. But it, it seems to happen. It happens to everybody. But so on to the next subject. Uh, Alex, Alexander Madison had a great game yesterday, 113 yards rushing and 40 yards receiving. Good game. Pardon me? Good game, not great game. For him, it's a great but, game. Uh, with the team's only TD. Uh, uh, and it seemed like to me that he did a lot of it on his own because as soon as he'd get into the line, he'd go to the side. Now, is is that a matter of uh, he was kicking out a lot of stuff to the side? And was he not finding holes or was he not doing what he should have been and, and going into those holes? Because uh, that that seemed to happen a lot. And that's where he got a, a, a bit of his yardage. You know, I think, uh, uh, you know, you're supposed to run in that hole. And I, I know maybe his vision is not as good. We could go back to the Seattle game from last I think it was last year where they where the Vikings were on the verge of closing out Seattle, and all Madison had to do was look to his right. He'd see a a, a nice big uh, place to to get that first down, uh, first and it was fourth and uh, half a yard or something. So, I mean, is this a matter of his not having vision, the 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 uh, line not opening holes? What do you think, there, Mark? Well, I think he got he got half of his yards on a forty eight yard run. That they're sure. pretty good blocking on that. Um, I, I think you know, there were, there were holes on that one. Um, you know, I think what, what happens is you compare him to Dalvin cook and he's, he's a good back. Dalvin's a great back. Uh, this offense, the blocking is designed to kind of get everyone going one way. And then Dalvin puts a foot in the ground and goes the other way. And uh, he can do that as good as anybody in the league. Uh, that's not Madison's game. Madison can do it, but he does it at an average to good level Dalvin does it at a, when he's healthy. That when you can finally get all the, all his body parts healthy, he does it at a phenomenal level. So Dalvin gets Dalvin makes the offensive line look better. Uh, I think Alexander Madison makes it look what it is. So when they block well, he's going to get yards, or he's, it's going to be tough sledding uh, when they don't block well. And I don't think that they run considering who they were playing. I don't think they run they run block that that well. Um, so it was a struggle and. Uh, but uh, in saying that, his his touchdown catch was, you know, off the charts. Effort was fantastic. Right. I mean, he 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 breaks two tackles at this eight at the eight the seven yard line, and then two guys confront him at the third three yard line, and he's fighting for yards, and then two linemen come out of nowhere and blast him into the end zone. So that's the kind of plays you have to make in an ugly game like that. Um, which I I, you know, I wrote about. I was. <laughs> Before the meltdown, I was going to write specifically about only that play and not not the roller coaster that was the fumble at the end and mm-hmm. all the things that that happened in those last four and a half minutes. Um, but you know, it was a good day. It's this is a he's a good good r- backup running back. Um, could probably start on some teams, but he's not Dalvin Cook. Uh, that was a pretty good line. Uh, Delvin Cook makes the line better, and and Alexander Max makes it who they are. You should use that, right? Yeah. Are, are, you know, you. I should do that. I'm, I'm 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 practicing here, Joe. I'm I'm using all my stuff oh. on you. 
Where are your warm-ups? Where are your preseason? Okay. Um, speaking of the offensive line, you know, how would you assess them? To, I got a two-part question. How would you assess their day? And uh, uh, to, to me, it looked like when Darisaw came in, it was uh, much better than when Rashad Hill was in. And afterward, <laughs> uh, Zimmer was asked on KFAN about Darisaw. And he says, oh, we're going to have to look at the tape and make some decisions. And that says to me that, a decision's coming. Are we, are we, uh, are Hill's days numbered and, uh, the Mr. Christian's, uh, uh about to uh, go on a roll here? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Darisol looked like a first round draft pick and who's built like a first round draft pick, who's balanced and strong like a first round draft pick. And Rashad Hill looks like a guy who's, um, an overachiever. I mean, he's a, he wasn't drafted. He was picked up, he was plucked off the, practice squad of the Jaguars. He's, he's built a nice career for himself, but he's not a starting tackle. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I mean, you have to make them make some decisions, but I think it's pretty easy in my book. Uh, I don't care that they're going on the road. I, this guy, this, this is why we were talking before the game. Some of us in the press box and I, they were like, well, he's not going to, they didn't think he was going to play you know, at tackle this game. And I said, well, that doesn't make any sense to me because the lions were a team that you're at home. It's against the lions. They don't have a great pass rush. I said, you get his feet wet here uh, as opposed to the road, you know, playing on the road at Carolina or, or having to play a primetime game against the Cowboys who are a much better team. So I think it kind of went that way. And, you know, the first play of the second half is an all, all I need to know to say, okay, we drafted this guy. He's starting in Carolina because Trey flowers catches, uh, Rashad Hill playing too high, which is if you look at their two body shapes and the way that they play, Rashad Hill st- tends to play real high, and this guy is just built with a lower center of gravity, and he's got the bigger legs, and and uh, I don't see anybody shoving him over with one arm like like they did with like Trey Flowers did on his way to sacking the quarterback on that first play in the second half. So yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's going to be any shock. I mean, I, I would be shocked if if Darisaw doesn't start on on Sunday in, in Carolina. Is this the an, uh, the uh, answer to all the problems of the offensive line for the Vikings? No, it's not the answer to all the problems because you know, there was uh, the second one of the sacks um, and it wasn't, it wasn't anything physical. Uh, and I'm only, I'm only assuming this because uh, just how the play unfolded, but the sack came against the, the uh, Ellison, the tight end. And it looked to me like, Darisaw definitely doubled the tackle when he should have been playing out helping the tight end. Uh, so that's a communicate. That's a rookie. That's communication. That's he needs reps. And, and uh, you know, he's, he's the better player. He just needs to play now. And Rashad Hill goes back to being a, a really, really good swing tackle uh, guy that you can plug in if, with a lot of experience if you need him. Um. Turnovers and sacks. You know, I think this is where a lot of frustration for for Vikings fans comes from. Is that you know the 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 Vikings defense put the offense in position to 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 take this game and kind of run with it. And each time that they did with either uh, turnovers or big sacks by Everson Griffin or something, um, they squandered it. And uh, what's going on there? They don't have a, a Boot on the throat mentality, uh, just not very good. Um, I mean, I, I know you can't answer this specifically, but like, is but I'm frustrated, Mark. I'm frustrated. You know, they they you put them in position, and 
And that's that's when you, that's when good teams capitalize and they and they they ram those turnovers down the opponent's throat. Well, yeah, and it's uh, it's a turnover on downs. But uh, and Zimmer, you know, uh, admitted that there was one possession where they were too conservative. He said took their foot off the gas. Well, I would say that there was more than one possession where they were too conservative. But uh, it's fourth and fifteen or whatever. They they turn the ball over, uh, and then. Uh, you know, they, there's two weak inside handoffs to Madison just kind of running into the line. And then uh, Cousins rolls out and throws the ball in the dirt <laughs> in the rubber rubber pellets. Uh, and th- that's where Zimmer said they took the foot off the gas. And that's where they missed that 40-some-yard field goal. Um, so, yeah, it was extremely conservative. Uh, should have seen more of Justin Jefferson in the second half. Should have seen a little more aggress- aggressiveness there, but I think they're thinking, you know, uh, just keep kicking field goals and hold the Lions off. And it's a it's an old style of way to win. Uh, but I think that the way Kirk was playing, the way that Jefferson was playing, there should have been more balls down the field. I'm not saying it at that moment, but you know, we only we saw the one deep ball. I charted this balls that were thrown over 20 yards or more because the week before. Justin Fields making his first NFL start goes four for six on balls that went 20 yards or further down the line from the line of scrimmage. Cousins had that one attempt that went for 37 yards, 31 in the air to Jefferson early on. And we did not see another one of those until they needed to uh, kick a field goal to win the game. We saw one that went 20 yards to Thielen, which became a 21 yard gain. So yeah, there, you know, there should have been more, there should have been a, I think if you attack that team a little more early, you do, you don't get involved in this field goal stuff at the end um, at all. I think they could have really, you know, as Zimmer said, put your foot down and on the on the, the gas and, and go. Well, he knows it. He knows it's going. I, I saw the stat somewhere: the Vikings are thirty first in 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 just those kind of twenty plus throws downfield attempts. They're they're third. I'm sorry, they're. 31st with only three per game and Zimmer, you know, Justin Jefferson disappears as we all know in the second half. I know they probably rolled some coverage to him, but they still shouldn't take a chance with that guy. I mean, at some point Kirk's got to get the confidence that he can just throw it up and Jefferson's going to make a play. He's already that good. But if Zimmer knows why, what's, what's, what's preventing them from happening? Is this uh, just a, uh, offensive coordinator who's trying to learn the game, or is this a uh, one that's been got a, a, a governor on him from Mike Zimmer who likes that ground and pound and that conservative uh, offense? If he knows it, you know he should be changing, especially against a team like this. Yeah, I mean, my guess would be that Zimmer's not talking about like when they took their foot off the gas. He's not talking about probably like a deep ball there. He's probably talking about you know, a little more creative run or something, you know, just kind of, it was just two really dive plays that uh, could have been something else. Uh, and, and going back to, you know, I, and I asked him, I asked uh, Thielen and Jefferson after the game, I was like, why were you surprised you didn't throw a deep more? And, and, and Jefferson said, he goes, uh, well, we, we thought we would, but then they started, you know, going too deep and putting the safety over the top. And as, and he kind of ended the guy going, yeah, and it's like he's saying the right things, but I think he's thinking the same thing you're saying. Uh, you go for it a little more, and if you look at his catch, you know it's 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 basically double coverage. It's it's 
that the corner is right there, the safety is over the top, and the safety's closing, and Kirk drops it in. Perfect throw. So you got Justin Jefferson, who's one of the better receivers in the league. You got Kirk Cousins, who, when given time, is one of the most accurate passers you'll ever see. He had time on that play. He had time throughout. I mean, there was some pressure, but he had time to uh, to do more of that. Um, so yeah, you're you're never you're especially with the Justin Jefferson. It's it's very rarely is it just going to be him and some guy out there, and, and everything's clear, and we just throw it. And he catches it and he runs. Uh, it's got to be, you know, the safety coming close, the corner being tight, Kirk putting it in a, on the right shoulder on the on the back shoulder to, to and, and Jefferson going to get it. So yeah, uh, you got to do that, and they'll have to do it going forward. There's never going to be just a clear play down the field. Very rarely is there. Oh, you know, we could probably talk about this offense all day long this week. Uh, roll over to the defensive line. They had two sacks, one of them one of them late. That was a big one in the game. But Everson Griffiths then had two big penalties that that, uh, that hurt the team. It's kind of like that's Everson, right? He can make those big plays. He can make those big bonehead plays. We've seen well, on the same series, he, he, he has the, you know, the hands to the face, but then he ends that series with, you know, two sacks. So and a strip and a strip sack. So with one of the greatest spin moves you'll you'll find in a game, it's really it's it a thing of beauty. So you have to we have to live with that, I guess, because that's kind of who he is. I mean, he did it the previous week, and you see that that look of him astonishment on the field. I mean, ever since you know those are penalties. Come on, <laughs> but maybe that's what we got to live with. But you know, I, I they they struggled in the two minute offense again when 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 the game was on the line at the defense as a whole and. Uh, that's been kind of hurting them. I think uh, the Vikings can't score at, in those moments before half and, and final, and, and the other teams can. So that, that's not a real recipe for success, would you say? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the Lions, I think, are they're not horrible. You know, they're, they're not good, they're not, but they're not horrible. That They actually you know, had the Vikings off balance, mm-hmm. I think, in that first half. And um, I think the first quarter they ran for over five, five and a half yards uh, carry, and then, like, 48 yards on eight, nine carries. Um, they were mixing it up pretty well. And uh, there were some run overall. The numbers look pretty good for the Vikings. I mean, third down was like 27% conversion rate for the lions. I think they had like 288 yards. Uh, the running was manageable, like 108 yards uh, for average, maybe. Um, but yeah, yeah. There's, there's moments where, you know, they, they have a hard time stopping, you know, critical moments, obviously, as, as we've seen. So, yeah, they need and they seem to get better uh, after halftime. But then the offense doesn't get better after halftime. So, yeah, it's it's kind of, uh, you know, they're they're still working through things. And uh, so we're just seeing some some problems that they have to just get worked through. Zim Zim said after the game uh, to the reporters that he thinks they're getting better. Do you the, do you agree the defense is still getting better? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Peterson. I mean, he missed a tackle on third down uh, that late. Uh, I think it was the second half uh, that hurt him. Uh, but you know, there's some also some nice tight plays that you know, he made on third down early in the game. Uh, Breland is, you know. Breland, I, I don't know if he, he might be getting better, but he's got a long way to go from where he where he's been. Uh, you see a lot of frustration with him. I don't know if you noticed whenever I look in the back, I didn't see it on Sunday, but 
when people were booing his pass interference and he was going like this, you know, to the crowd and obviously yeah. tweeted afterwards. Um, so yeah, there's a, that's a combustible thing going on between him and the fans. Um, so. And Chris. Townsend. Yeah, yeah. I, I supposedly, I guess, I, I don't know. I, I it's just, Hey, pro football focus. When they're ranked number one, we ask them, Hey, what's it feel like to be number one when you're 103rd, you know, I guess you can answer it. Uh, People that are 103rd tend to not like pro football focus more than the ones that are ranked first. Um, I found that experience. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, they didn't have Michael Pierce, so he's a he's a big part of you know big part of that uh, defense. Um, I thought that Barr come back. I didn't really notice him a whole lot, which you know he's a good player, but he's like one of the better players that you just tend to not notice because he doesn't have the big plays, but. If you watch, uh, there are times where if you're watching a quarterback is looking to his guy to throw uh, a pass and, and bars just there, he's by his size, he's taking away lanes and stuff like that. So, you know, he's he's a good player. He'd, be, he'd love to see more just big plays out of him. Uh, there's some other things that went wrong. I'll just list them and you can have at whatever you want. The Madison fumble, had, you know, really – uh, it kind of uh, gave a bad taste in our mouths over a, a very good slash great day, uh, giving a team life that would just as soon as pull off the resuscitation paddles, you know, and and, and let us let us let them die. Uh, playing down to opponent mark is is that a thing? It seems like it's been part of the Vikings milieu forever. Uh, is you know, or is just is that a thing, or is this the league that competitive? Every week you're going to get a really, you're going to have to pull, you're going to have to beat the team that's on the other side, and and it, it, they're they're so close in ability that uh, there's really not playing down to opponent. Or I, I don't know, I'm just spitballing here, trying to think what the hell the Vikings. Well, are. yeah, I mean, I always always like say like look at it from the other perspective. You know, Detroit, you say play down to the opponent. Okay, well the Vikings are one and three coming in or one and three, the lions are zero and four. Oh, you're splitting. You know, Come on, man. But, what, but I mean, the Vikings are sitting here talking about, we could be X, Y, and Z. Well, the yeah. lions are also sitting at home going, Hey, if we have the same record, if a guy doesn't kick a 66 yard field goal, I mean, they had Lamar Jackson and the Ra- and the Ravens, a really good team beat. And so I don't know that they're playing down to the opponent because I think maybe they're, <laughs> even with them right now are, are slightly above. It's not like this was the, uh, the 84 49ers against, uh, you know, the 76 bucks. Yeah. Come on. I mean, we got, that's a good, the Vikings, the Vikings are talented, but I mean, the, the, the lions, you know, their, their two running backs are pretty good. Um, you know, they got some, uh, some, some players. I mean, and I also don't think I, I, they were in I don't think coming into that game though. There, there was they had they, not only were they zero four coming in. They were there's a lot of injuries that the Vikings should have uh, sure. Oh, no, oh, and they 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 could have. Yeah, they. Uh, if I, I guess where I would say playing down to the opponent would be uh, not being more aggressive uh, with Jefferson throwing the ball deeper. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. But I, I don't get this like. They weren't playing like a, a junior varsity team. They weren't like the mighty varsity playing some eighth grade team that, you know, they're not good enough for them to be like looking down their noses at anybody. That's and, a good point. That's a great point. Yeah. That was, that was and, also, and also, I also think the Lions, you know, they weren't like just 
they haven't died yet. I mean, they haven't given up yet. I mean, you're, if they had, I mean, I mean, they've played some some. I still think they're playing hard. They're playing with what they got. Um, I don't think they were laying down and wanted to die and just wanted the Vikings to put them out of their misery. I I think they were still still trying. It's just that when it got down to critical moments when they were close to the red zone and they needed, they couldn't afford to throw it quick or do something that took the pressure off of Goff, the protection. Uh, that's when Everson broke through or Daniil Hunter broke through and, and knocked the crap out of him. And if you look at you know, all last year, the Vikings had 23 sacks for the entire season, like the worst in franchise history. They've already got 17 now. So um, I don't know if, they're, if, uh, if people want to agree with it. Are they playing better? Are they getting better each week this week, this year? But I, 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 it's plain to see as day that they are better than they were last year. And yeah. all I got to do is put that Christmas Day game on, and that was an, a humiliation, an embarrassing NFL performance by players that shouldn't be on, shouldn't have been on the field. All right, I'll, I'll put it that that I'll put it another way. I guess my frustration with the uh, uh, the team and what some of the decisions that come down, or even the kind of mode of playing, is you know you saw Dan Campbell across the field go for the throat. On the road, you know, with the with the extra point, the the two point conversion, you know, he had to make that play. That's what he had to do. I think he didn't have. To, I should say he didn't have to make it, but that's the play to make. And yeah. here, we got a Vikings team that that seems to not. They say they seem to play not to lose, and everybody's saying this, and and, and I kind of agree with them. I've seen that for for years, at least with Zimmer, that he's just a little too conservative. And I know you wrote about this this week at how conservative you thought uh the offense was can you can you expand on that a little bit and is this team not good enough to play for the win well i i uh, people in detroit are wondering why dan campbell uh, punted the ball uh from the 47 yard line and gets a net a net gets a net 20 yards because the ball goes in the end zone he should be going for that there uh going for two when you're zero and four you're in your first year i don't see that as some big gamble i i don't know i I like it. I mean, that that's going to – where he's at in his career, um, I think that probably garners him more, like, credibility and, like, you know, guys want to play for that than uh, – he's not coaching for his job right now. I don't think so. I mean, uh, yeah, Cleveland obviously was firing coaches every year there for a four-year stretch, but I don't think he's going to get fired uh, after one year. Uh, he could have been more aggressive at going for it on fourth down when he punted that ball away. Uh, but yeah, as far as the Vikings, yeah, I, I, I also think that uh, let's let's look at this realistically. Uh, we're five games into Clint Kubiak's you know, career as a as a play caller. Um, he's obviously he he doesn't have free reign. Uh, he probably has a lot less rope to work with, and obviously Gary, his dad. Um, so he's it's he's working. I'm you know he's working within the system. What Zimmer, how Zimmer wants to play. What should he call? Uh, you know, if he starts, if he, say he does another one or two of those and they're both intercepted deep and it impacts the defense, then we're sitting here going, ah, you know, they, why doesn't that, why don't they try and play complimentary football? Uh, but yeah, I think that game was a good example. If you need a little more, you know, you, you got to realize that you got two really good receivers and you're paying this quarterback and he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks there is. Um, can throw it down the field. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think they should take some more. Should they should have taken a lot more, or a few more shots 
a few to a lot more shots on Sunday for sure. Yeah. Well, that, that uh, we'll, we'll leave it there at, at the end of this segment because this game is best left behind, you know, thrown in the trash and never to be spoken of again. But, uh, um, you know, we Except will, for the last 37 seconds. Come on. That's, those are highlights. Okay. We, we'll talk about that in the next segment. If, if you guys all come back, you know, when you all come back, this is Vikings territory breakdown and we'll see you in a bit. All right. Welcome back to Vikings territory breakdown with Mark Craig, who, uh, who, who knows how to pick winners. That's what we've found out on his survival pool. He's still alive. He's still here. We've touched on a couple of these things I want to hit on a little bit more in depth, but uh, you know, I, I did have a little frustration with, with Clint Kubiak's play calling. I mean, not, on, on, he, not only that last series that led to the, the, the final furious comeback, but um, we had the, uh, uh, where he, did the direct snap to Alexander Madison and, and, and Kirk Cousins does his best three theatrics. I mean, he almost looked like, uh, who's that great Russian ballet guy, Barishnikov when he's going back and acting like he was getting, he was, the ball was snapped over his head. I even brought my wife in who's a ballet fan to watch, check this out. <laughs> I, I didn't, but, uh, um, yeah, you, you, if, if you're not going to let this guy go as a, as a play caller and let him figure out who he is, then why'd you hire him? I mean, you know, I know they got to learn the ropes, but damn, they should have been learning the ropes coming in. And, and, you know, we, we, you shouldn't have bring in, in the last OC son, unless he's got the, the, the chops to do the job. You know, this is, this is big time. Zimmer's jobs on the line. Uh, either take the governor off him and let him go and, and sink or swim, or I don't know, Mark, what do you think? Well, they, they, they hired him for continuity. I mean, it's basically, you know, he's yeah. running, you know, essentially Gary's offense because uh, that's who he is. And where they're at in their, in their the offenses, you know, where they're all at in their careers and their contracts and everything, to bring in someone completely new would have been, I think, you know, detrimental to – you just didn't want to start over with some different, completely different offense. Yeah. Uh, I think they're working it out. I mean, uh, you know, everything probably goes through Zimmer, but they, you know, Zimmer can't. I'm, I'm sure Zimmer's not calling every player or overseeing every single play. There's probably some guidelines. I mean, that they obviously talk about during the week and they plan for. Uh, and they, there's options. Uh, I'm sure that there's a, it's a, you know, Zimmer's will. They work it out ahead of time, and he has he has probably guardrails, uh, but he's not like being told to do everything to, to what to do. So yeah, they're working their way through it. He's a, he's a new new play caller. Um, you know, they did he just done some some good things as well. I mean, they uh, like you know, I mean, they, a loss is a loss, but you look at the at the Cardinals game and uh, how they called that game uh, with the. Cardinals the week before having six sacks from Chandler Jones. He gets no sacks against the Vikings. So there's a, there's a lot, there's some good going on as well as the fact that they didn't throw the ball deep or they got too too conservative against the lions. Um, you know, that last series where, where Madison fumbles, you know, it's kind of on Madison. It's third and seven. Um, get down. Don't, don't be fighting for extra yards. He's got to, he even said it after the game. He's got to know, be aware of the situation in the game. You know, he's not going to, he's stuck at the line of scrimmage. Uh, he's not going to get seven yards. I mean, it's a hard thing. It has to be a hard thing for a running back or any player to, to give up like that, but you know, get down. I mean, 
they had no intention basically of going for that, of getting that first down. It was basically, they were already talking, Hey, if we punt the ball, they get, they get it back with a minute 10 or whatever it is. So, you know, you almost, you're basically taking a knee, but you're also taking that chance of, well, you might find a crease and, and get the first down. Um, you know, some people have said they should have thrown there. I, I don't know. Um, that would have been a tough one because what happens if ball gets tipped, then you're saying, why did you, why'd you, why'd you throw there? Uh, I think the safe call, maybe the right call would be to run there and, and but don't fumble the wall. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about clock management at that point. And I guess you can second guess just about every play in those situations. If it doesn't work out, I heard a, I heard a, about a, a comment that Kyle Rudolph made, I think today regarding uh Zimmer never having uh, much to do with the offense when he was there. So, so maybe all this, you know, I, I like the way you frame it. There are guardrails that, that Clint has that uh, you can't go re- reeling outside. There's like maybe that, uh, that one OC that lasted half a season uh, happened to him. Oh yeah. Well, he, he hopped the guardrail about three times in Seattle and was fired before he got home. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and to me, it's like, uh, that's not a, that's not like uh, something that's like Zimmer's, you know, doing that other guys don't do. I mean, if you're the head coach, you, you, it's your, you form the, the identity of your team and you, you hire people to work within that identity. Uh, you don't have just, uh, uh, maybe you did back in the day when uh, Kevin Gilbride, uh, Buddy Ryan was punching Kevin Gilbride on the sideline in, in that Oilers game uh, because you know, it was the run and shoot. And Kevin Gilbride was, had like a three and out that took like, two seconds and buddy Ryan was a, I'm sure you remember it. People remember this. It's a prime time game and buddy Ryan with maybe the weakest punch in the history of punching, but he hit him in the jaw because he was like, what are you doing? You know, that was when you had an offense going wherever it wanted and a defense going wherever it wanted. uh, And a head coach that wasn't marrying the two together. So uh, you can disagree with how they want to play, but that's, that's who they are now. And, it's a defense. It's running a ball, uh, and it's Kirk Cousins, you know, off play action, and uh, you know they, they win that game with. You know, one thing we 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 forget to mention is I when they win a game without Dalvin Cook, uh, I I feel it's you know that that's a you know, again it's the Lions, but it's almost like a bonus when you get your your best offensive player, the guy that your offense is built around, isn't in there. You got a good backup, but not a guy that's anywhere near to what. Dalvin, you know, the, the stress that he puts on a defense, um, you, I guess you, you know, in the old days, you take that, you take that win and you kind of crawl to the next, uh, to the next tee box. Yep. I, I, uh, you know, it's the Vikings are in a unique position, I think in the league and that they have a, a, a defensive minded coach as their head coach. And I think Zim even is even more so that way. He He's always, typically let the offense go you know maybe sets up those those uh guardrails and lets the uh offensive coordinator operate inside those and um he just wants to focus on the defense that's what he knows that's what he does well and he and and his philosophy is that a strong defense is going to get you further than than something else and uh you know i some people would say he's just a glorified uh defensive coordinator in a head head coach's uh, uniform or or, mm-hmm. or jacket um 
I, I can't quite get there. I think he's more than that. But I also don't see him as a guy who does have a lot to do with the offense. Do you know any insight? Would you agree with that? Or 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 what are your thoughts there? He's a guy that has more to do with the offense? Doesn't. I mean, has less than most head coaches who would just oversee everything, you know, and the offense, I mean, you got a lot of offensive coordinators who are head coaches and maybe they do the same thing on the defense. I don't know. And let them go, but the, the, it just seems, and you know, it's, it's, it's a fuzzy observation that uh, Zim really kind of takes off the headsets. He doesn't literally take them off, but he puts the microphone down. Doesn't have a whole lot to say when the offense is on the field, unless you know, there's a, a decision to be made. I don't know. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, you, you know, you see the young offensive geniuses do it. Like uh, when they went to the Super Bowl, the Rams, uh, uh, Sean McVay has Wade Phillips, mm-hmm. you know, who's three times older than Sean McVay. Uh, that was a, a situation where, you know, Wade's in charge. Of, Wade's basically the head coach of the defense and Sean McVay was head coach of the offense. It seems like that's um, more accepted when it's an offensive head coach. Um you know, I, I would say, you know, Zimmer's had, what, six offensive coordinators in, in eight years. And, you know, when he had Norv Turner, uh, Norv kind of ran the show and, and they had Teddy. But they, they had a quarterback in a system, a quarterback who accepted the system. Um, it was kind of made for that system of, you know, he can – he didn't uh, – Teddy was, was, was a winner, as he saw that that second year whenever he – you know, they go – they win – however many games it was, they, they win the division in Lambeau field uh, last game of the season, uh, make the playoffs. You know, they've, they've won, they've taken two division titles from, from uh, Aaron Rodgers. which, yeah, I don't know if you're, if you're just a glorified defensive coordinator, I don't know that that happens. I don't know that you make the a- NFC championship game. Uh, so I, I think he's, you know, people shouldn't sell him too. You know, I still think he's a, he's a decent head coach. He's a good head coach. Um, but yeah, in order to be a great head coach, you got to take that next step. You got to, uh, you can't miss the playoffs every every other year. Um, so, you know, I think this this is a big season. Let's see how it plays out. I mean, where we've all assumed that they, you know, we've all looked at the schedule. Even though when we do this, it's never it never comes out the way we say. You know, like oh, they're going to lose to Seattle. They're going to beat Cincinnati. That didn't happen. Now it's well, you're going to, you know, you know they're going to lose to Baltimore. You know they're going to lose to. The Chargers, you know, we, we already have it all penciled in. Well, you look at how the, the Ravens played last night. You know, the Colts were dominating them at home. That defense looked nothing like a Baltimore defense. Uh, Baltimore also got beat uh, or won on a 66-yard field goal by the same score that the Vikings just beat the Lions. So we start putting in all these, you know, this, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, uh, and it tends not to happen. But if you're talking about the offensive coordinators, I think – it reached a point in that one season when Norv quit was Zimmer stepped in and said, Hey, you're, you know, the same mistakes are being made, you know, week to week in your protection, fix it. And I think what happened is that, that maybe that happened a week whenever Norv ignored him and, you know, Nor- and, and Norv is already feeling the heat. He's seeing that uh, Pat Shermer's over his shoulder. He knows Pat Shermer wasn't hired to coach the tight ends. He was hired to kind of help evolve the offense I'm sure Norv that that was nails on the chalkboard for Norv, and then Norv just said, "You know what? At my point in my career, if you think you can do better, I'm out of here." And he left. Di Filippo was a guy that had no uh, coordinating uh, coordinator experience. 
Zimmer throughout the season was even public in telling this guy what he needed to do. He ignored him, went to Seattle. They embarrassed themselves and third and short, fourth and short, whatever it was, he's throwing the ball down the field. Zimmer said, you know what? You can't listen to me. You're out. And then Kevin Stefanski came in. Kevin Stefanski played uh, the good soldier, you know, worked within the system, uh, put together a playoff season, went and got the head coaching job. Filippo didn't have the personality or the patience or uh, the common sense to work within a system. He's, he's looking at his Super Bowl ring as quarterback coach or whatever it was. And he thought, I'm just going to, you know, stand on this guy's uh, coattail for a minute. And then I'm going to get a head coaching job. It didn't work that way. Mm-hmm. So, and then Gary comes in, it's a totally different situation. And Zim, that was probably, his, that was his favorite coordinator because, you know, same, same, basically same philosophy, uh, worked very well together, uh, trusted him more than, than anyone else that he's probably coached with other than Andre Patterson. And, uh, and it worked out, you know, I mean, had it not been a pandemic I, and, and all the stress that went into last year, I think Gary's still here this year. Mm. I think Gary just got to, to, got to the point where, you know, he already, he already burned out and quit once. Uh, it was life just too short. Well, yeah, it's exactly a life is too short. Uh, type of situation. You talk to some of these guys and once they get out of it and they realize, oh my gosh, you know, I can do what I want, when I want, with who I want. And it's like, you know, they, so that was, you know, that's his coordinators are all over the map uh, what he's had. And now this is a, this is a different, you know, it's a younger guy that's has Gary's system. He's uh, probably Kevin Stefanski's personality. Uh, let's see how it works out in five games. I know this has already been it's all it, almost water on the bridge, but I got to get bring it up. I mean, what did you think of the little dance on the sideline between the two film study buddies, you know, after the game with Kirk and, and Zim? Uh, to me, it was it, it was what Zimmer said it was. And when he came out today or yesterday or whenever he said it, you know, it was, you know, him getting excited. But it, for me, it, it, it was so awkward. It was Kirk trying to trying to be somebody he wasn't and Zimmer reacting. It's like. Guys, what are you doing there? Well, it, it it also depended on the on the angle. The front angle made it, you know, and, and it did. Let's, let's put it this way: the people who who thought it was like some sort of like they're they're mad at each other, they're going to fight. The Vikings didn't do themselves any favor by the security guy grabbing onto Zimmer right. like like he was being attacked. Um, that frontal view was like, yeah. It did look like Zimmer was kind of mad. Hey, just get yeah. off of me, you know. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Don't touch. Don't hit me. Don't touch me. Because you know, Kirk went at him hard, you know. Yes. And, but if but the side view, you see Zim more of a celebration of you know, like pushing pushing yeah. back and saying, yeah, 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 you know. You see a guy behind him was smiling as he's listening to the yeah. interaction. I don't know who it was. Yeah, but but yeah, but for anyone to like, I mean, they just <laughs> they just kicked a field goal to win the game. Kirk Cousins did what he did for anybody to, to look at that and think that that was like anything but a celebration. I mean, talk about a, like having no sense of context uh, on I, the situation. I, I it took a second look or second or third look to make sure because, because Kirk came in there hard and he, you know, how often do you see someone, yeah. unless you're Kevin Gilbride, you get grabbed by the, the throat by your coach. It was, it was awkward, but, Yes. No, it was, yeah, it was definitely one of the most awkward celebrations uh, that you'll that you'll ever see. 
Oh God! All right. Well, on that note, uh, we'll 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 move on to the Panthers. We got the Vikings are traveling to uh, Charlotte next week to play the Panthers and the Carolina Panthers, and they they uh, uh, they're coming off a loss. I think to was it was it the Eagles uh, that they yeah. that they should have at home, and they had been playing pretty good to that. They 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 probably could have won this game without Christian McCaffrey. He'll be back next week by the sounds of it. And uh, they also have a good receiver in DJ Moore that the Vikings have to contend with. What, what do you see from, uh, from that squad in general and those kind those two guys? Well, Christian McCaffrey, certainly in particular. Well, yeah, I think they're a totally different team without Christian McCaffrey. Whenever he's rolling, it's, uh, it's even more so than what the Vikings are without, without uh, Dalvin cook um, would love to see him. I mean, the Vikings wouldn't love this, but, you know, I, I like watching Chris McCaffrey when he's 100% because he's just like so many, there's no wasted moves. Everything is just so, you know, precise and just powerful. And which uh, is kind of a, he's like the one of those stranger guys that you'll see playing the way he plays because he's not that big, but he's just this athletic little machine. But yeah, as we know, machines like that tend to break down. And so we've seen the last two years, you know, him not hold up. Um, so yeah, it, it's totally. I think it's a totally different game with or without whether he's in or whether he's not. Uh, you know, they they were a team. They were one of those teams that started three and zero, a surprise team. Sam Darnold, three and zero. You know, including a win over the Jets. And, uh, then they they've lost two in a row and they're going the other way. Uh, and uh, I think they're only favored by a point and a half or something at home, which basically means Vegas is thinking the Vikings are the better team, which they might not. They might. Might be right if the Vikings, the Vikings, the, the two of them definitely wins, can win this game. Two of their wins are Jets and Texans, which isn't saying much, you know. Two of their three wins, so I mean, they don't have a lot. A lot. They had kind of a nice, a soft schedule there to, to a certain degree, and they should have beat the Eagles, I think. Um, so I think they're uh, the record. You know, I suppose you are what your record are is, but I think their record is a little bit better than they are. So maybe they they do okay. Is do you think Dalvin Cook plays, or do the Vikings consider holding him out to the bye and then really getting him healthy for the for the big stretch here? When, when the I, team, you know. they're at a point where they um, they're not looking like uh, let's let's save him for the next game. I think they've already reached the point. Remember last year they're one and four, and they were they were because uh, I remember asking like you know. Basically, the, the, the Zimmer was like, I know you guys want to, you know, uh, and this is an old school question because everybody, all the questions at that time was, why don't you, you know, uh, you know, spread Dalvin's carries out? Don't give him too much. You know, let's rest him and, you know, basically protect him for next year and all this stuff. And I was like, have you reached a point where it's a desperation mode? You've got to just, you know, in the days of Earl Campbell, when you turned and handed to Earl 35 times and, uh, worried, you didn't worry about the next week, the next till the next week. Uh, so that you saw that you saw Zimmer like say, Hey, you know, we have a chance to get to the playoffs, but we gotta, we gotta turn it around. And they got back to six and six by making this guy the workhorse that like we've never seen before. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I think you do not say, uh, well, he'll be healthier after the bye. If he's ready to play, you play him now. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. So it'll be interesting to see these two elite running backs who just can't seem to put a full season together. It's unfortunate they're probably too quick and uh, smaller than a lot of the guys like Derrick Henry, who's just a horse and and is also an elite back. But he he can stay on the field because he's probably can take the pounding better. I don't know, but it's uh, 
it could be a really exciting game with if both those players are on the field. Um, let's. Uh, yeah, let's, I, I, I think it's going to be a close. I think I think it'll be a close game. I, I haven't really uh, studied the, the the Panthers that uh, in depth yet, uh, but uh, to me, it's you know if the Vikings can get the pass rush going and Darnold. I don't think Darnold's going to beat them by himself. Uh, you know, they, 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 I, I'm picking them to win. So, um, Hey, I picked them to win last week. So that's all they need. Yeah. So, so uh, now well, you can't use them in your survival pool anymore. You, you, uh, you, you, you dodge bullets. Oh, I wouldn't do that. I don't, I don't feel good enough to do that to, uh, to spend a survivor pool on a, on a road, uh, a road game. Uh, no, uh, U.S. bank, uh, Fans in U.S. Bank Stadium had a lot to do with that pick. If that was in Detroit, I don't know that I would have picked it. So, no, it was, uh, it was, it was. Uh, you know, for what it's worth, it was good to get a win. And it's going to be a tough, tough game this week because it is on the road. Um, but I, I think you will see Dalvin Cook out there. I think the Vikings will will respond to just getting past escaping with a victory to say, okay, let's go out and play some football and, and win. And maybe, you know, you hope each week builds confidence. I guess that's build enough for me. So I'll pick them too. So we'll see how it goes. But that's the, uh, we'll leave it there for the end of the second segment. And we'll be back with our inside the NFL segment with Mark Craig, the NFL insider for the star tribune. Come on back for that. Welcome back, folks, to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig, the the prognosticator of the stars who does not miss a beat when it comes to picking games. He's picking the Vikings this week, so we're happy about that. But looking mm-hmm. around the NFL, is there ever a week uh, when, when just – for lack of a word, bleep happens. I mean, every week, I swear, I swear they do it on purpose. The NFL. Not only do they have the the twenty, the you know the 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 three hundred sixty five day, uh, uh, fifty two week a year schedule to keep us interested, week to week. So there is something. There's something. There's always something crazy, and we had plenty this week. I, I'm going to start with just just the Packers game since uh, that's the team the Vikings are ultimately shooting for. They survived in Cincy, and I am just ticked about it. They should have lost that game ten times, you know, with Mason Crosby getting the yips again, like he had a, a number of years back. I think he lost, or there were four missed field goals within the last, mm-hmm. you know, six, seven minutes, or I maybe mean, five minutes of that game. I don't know what it was, but it it was incredible. Now maybe it was windy, I don't know, but nobody wanted to kick. Then there was kicking problems last night, and. In uh, Baltimore, with uh, with the Colts kicker, they could have won a game. The Vikings have certainly had their share of that. Uh, is is uh, if you want to comment on the Packers, sure. But also, you know, what's going on with kicking? It's, you know, uh, it is it, it's, it's maybe it's tough to be a kicker in this league. I don't know. I I, I don't know. But right now, there seems to be a lot. Well, of yeah. I mean, uh, perfection is demanded because uh, these guys have gotten so good. Uh, you look at the rookie in Cincinnati. I mean. Two of their uh, three wins, he's kicking. Uh, obviously, the one was overtime Vikings, and the other one was the last second, I believe. Now, the guy, I think, got carried off the field twice in his first four NFL games, uh, but then he misses against uh, against the Packers a couple times. I, I, I don't have the rundown of who missed how, which, how many, but uh, he, he has a, a rough day in his fifth game. So, uh, it's you're not going to make them all. So, I mean, obviously I think Cincinnati is not sitting there going, well, we need a new kicker or he's not our kicker. 
because he's already won two. He won two of the first three games for you. Um, but yeah, it's it's this is the year. Uh, I mean, I I saw I was keeping track of the numbers. I think until last week, but it's just how many plays came down to the final kick or overtime. That's amazing. I mean, it's 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 a it's amazing what and also uh, what we're seeing with. Uh, I don't know if defenses have to like come up with a different way of defending these guys, but you know, you saw you know, Tom Brady and you saw Aaron Rodgers, you saw Kirk Cousins. Uh, now, the one where uh, Lamar Jackson let, let him back was one pass. I think he got sacked uh, when he played the Lions. He got sacked twice and a bunch of incompletions, but he, he struck one ball that put him in position for a 66-yard field goal. So you're seeing this, you know, scoring too early or whatever, and then all of a sudden they haven't just uh, – you know, enough time for these guys to, to get in position. And the kickers are, you know, more often than not winning these games, but it is kind of interesting to, to watch when they, when they're not making them. And it just seems to kind of snowball on them. And the, and the Packers, uh, you know, the Packers are, you know, four and zero since, uh, since that saints debacle, uh, I think things are getting a little more, I mean, I, I actually, I, I did pick a high scoring. It wasn't as high scoring as I thought it would be, but, I, I I thought that the Eagles uh, would had every bit of the ability to to have a you know to get engage in a battle with Aaron Rodgers, but I didn't think they had the they had reached the point where they could uh, win one of those battles. And I think that's exactly what happened. Uh, now that's in part because the kicker was missing, but but Green Bay's kicker was missing too, and so yeah, it, every week has been uh, you know pretty thrilling stuff. You talk about that. You're kind of referring to prevent defense, which you know everybody's always said prevents prevents a win. Um, we didn't really talk too much about you know what Cousins did there, a la Aaron Rodgers, as you put it. Um, but do you think part of his little uh, uh, thing on the sideline with with Zimmer saying, "See, you know, you you let me throw the ball a little bit, and maybe I can." you know, get some things done because those two pat there was a pat was it two passes to Thielen there at the end on that last drive and or maybe it was two to Well there are three passes total. Uh yeah. two of them went to Thielen. The other one was probably Jefferson. I, I can't remember but uh I mean you you know it's not hyperbole to say that he did exactly what Aaron Rodgers would had done in that situation because it was it was almost identical the yardage, the time left the field goal length, um, like I said, the only difference was that Kirk had two timeouts to work with, which is big because that opened up the middle of the field. Whereas Aaron Rodgers couldn't, Aaron Rodgers couldn't have thrown two of those passes that that Kirk did because he didn't have any timeouts. So uh, Kirk had a lot more field to work with because of the timeout situation. Uh, so, but yeah, I mean, these guys, you know, that that's exactly what you're paying Kirk Cousins to do. It's exactly what he did, uh, you know, uh, to put him in position to win the, the uh, Arizona the Arizona game. Uh, what he did uh, to put the Cincinnati game in over overtime. So uh, your quarterback is stepping up, uh, whereas the last year or two, there were early in the year, uh, there were games last year, I believe, where you know they got down. It's like okay, this is Kirk Cousins' time. This is what you pay him for. And it was like this really awkward three and out where it's like 30 seconds. And, you know, uh, one of my least favorite plays is when he, he rolls to his left and, and 
and they let a, a free runner come at him. And he, that guy is always on, always seems like he's like that defender is always on top of him quicker than the Vikings anticipate. Hmm. And Kirk is like struggling to throw it. I, that's one of my least favorite plays when they do that. But uh, I see why, why teams do that because you know, the defender, you bring that defender at you and you can throw it over him or whatever. But it just seems like that guy gets to him quicker than he should. I'm not, I'm not an offensive coordinator. I don't know what the heck I'm talking about. But I just noticed that that guy's always on top of him too fast. What what what, what about pre prevent defense? It, it's been. I mean, I'm old. I've seen these games forever. We, they've always done that. You know, you got to put put your guys back, play them deep. You don't want to get burned deep. We've heard it. We know it forever. You just said earlier, maybe they got a defense and differently how come nobody ever experiments with that how come because i suppose it's a game yeah. home line. I, I, don't, I don't think it'll ever change will it yeah well i i think you just i mean if you did a zero blitz there uh and he just throws it over top of the defense uh you know they just they just run and it becomes easier but yeah uh quarterbacks and receivers uh, are getting you know the quarterbacks are so good at now at at finding the holes, um, it's just it's hard as a defense to play in those situations. Uh, um, it just is. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know. You you, know, you, you can't send too many guys because you got to cover the field. Uh, you're playing you're playing the odds at that point. Uh, don't even want to go out, go to this topic, but I'm gonna since you brought it up. Uh, Gruden resigns amid controversy. John Gruden from the head coach of the. Uh, uh, of the uh, Las Vegas Ra- Raiders, and of course, I've already seen memes where they're suggesting Zimmer should be, go, you know, go coach there now. But uh, <laughs> um, you know, it's—I'll say this: I, you know, you, people calling a cancel culture, whatever. Uh, the guy—I have a problem with it being so long ago that this stuff happened. So you give the guy a chance to change, but it doesn't look like he has changed the way he was. And, and I think ultimately it's bad. I mean, uh, he did resign. He wasn't fired. So, I mean, it was his, his, uh, his decision there. Um, so I'm not, I'm not going to lament it. I'm not going to say, you're never going to hear from me, whether it's Zimmer or anybody else calling for their jobs. I just don't do that. I've, I've lost a job and down the world, in my career. So I know what it's like. I'm not going to do that. If, if, if people are trying to do the right thing and, and do whatever, fine. Um, even though I have a voice like John Gruden, I, I am not going to cry any tears for him because some of the things he said and some of the things he felt, you know, racism and these isms are learned. And if you're in a position of power and a position of authority, and that's the way you're, you're running things, well then you're, you're going to pass that on. And I don't think we ever have a chance to move away from this, some of this kind of stuff. So there's me on the soapbox, Mark. If you want, well, yeah. I mean, they uh, they had no choice uh, but to force him to resign because he's a leader of a team and he can't lead a team at, when this comes out. I mean, you know, his statement or whatever said, uh, you know, he's resigning. Well, I mean, obviously he, they were told to resign. I don't know what that's do with his, con- you know, maybe it helps his contract or whatever. But he reached a point where that became a, a that became public. Um, and he can no longer lead a team. He can't stand before a team after, you know, that comes out and and sort of sh- shines a light on. I'm not saying you know, it shines a light on who he is or how he acts. You know, my you know, advice. I mean, 
it's amazing that these people don't realize this, but it's uh, if you're in there in that type of position, just behave. First of all, have the character, you know, don't have these feelings or whatever, but just assume someone's always watching because they are and, it, and just, you know, behave appropriately in, in all parts of your life. And that's why, you know, I feel pretty comfortable saying stuff like this, but a, a guy like, uh, you know, Leslie Frazier, who had a fantastic win, uh, you know, helped with a fantastic win the way he called that defense uh, in Kansas City. He's just a, a, one of the finest human beings you'll ever you'll ever meet. And I, you know, you, you, uh, I don't know how I get on Leslie on this, but I just always look at uh, Tony Dungy or, or Leslie and just how they carry themselves and how how uh, just good good people they are. Um, yeah, I like you, you want to see more of that and less of what we just got, what we just went through here in the last few days with the Raiders. It's it's uh, a locker room is a unique place, and there is a lot of testosterone flowing down there, and uh, there is a lot of bravado. There's a lot of uh, back slapping and big talking, and, and uh, so may, maybe I'm not blaming that culture for this because uh, you know John Gruden is own, his his own man. He gets to make his own decisions and say whatever he wants, but. Um, sometimes it, it, it's kind of a breeding ground. And I mean, I used to work construction. I used to work for a, a professional sports team that, that had a locker room. So you're around this kind of stuff. And um, it, like everything else, I think really has to change. I think, you know, I mean, people are, you're never going to change people's thoughts one way or the other overall. But I think you have to try, try to, and you have to start somewhere. And Unfortunately, uh, I, I applaud Gruden for realizing it and leaving. But uh, um, uh, uh, he had no choice, right? Right. I mean, yeah, but uh, but uh, yeah, to me, it's like if if, if people haven't learned by now. Well, this is 2010, but you know, I, I think even 2010, people were different um, than it was back in the 60s, 70s, whatever. Um, you know, uh, the, the Chris Cluey stuff that happened here, it's, uh, um, I mean, people, if people, if people haven't learned, uh, then there, there's a character problem yeah. with, with what's going on. So, uh, you know, this will, this is, a uh, unfortunately for John Gruden, that's the end of his, his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, both, both, I think that's the end of his career, both as a coach, obviously. And, and I don't see anybody, you know, he was a, people liked him as an analyst, uh, I don't see any big contract uh, coming at you know he's he's toxic right now. So Walking teaching tool seventy million dollars apparently on his yeah team. yeah. So to me, it's it's a teaching tool for uh, the the people who were left that still haven't learned the lessons. So. That's exactly right. You know, you don't need to look any further than that to understand uh, the consequences of your actions. So, um, you know. I don't know if you want to go any further, but, you know, we, we've seen some exciting ball games the last couple nights on Sunday night and Monday night. I mean, the Bills and, you know, the the Bills and Chiefs was was amazing, as you said, from from Leslie Frazier's standpoint, of putting that, that defensive smackdown on, on one of the best offenses in the league. And then last night, my goodness, I you know, I was trying to go to bed and I had to keep keep watching that game because uh, they, they somehow made a comeback. The Ravens did when they were when they were dead. That was just it was just fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, I, I, 
there was a point where the, the Ravens could not stop him. I mean, uh, Carson Wentz looked like he was back in Philly his first or second year before he got hurt. Um, you know, very strange to see the Ravens just be clueless on defense there for a while. And then to see, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson fumble on the one yard line and, you know, whenever they're starting to get the game back in, in their favor. Uh, but, you know, the Ravens like, like a lot like Pittsburgh, um, just a franchise that's, you know, pretty rock solid. They, they, they're not going to, they're always going to kind of be there. And I know Pittsburgh's down a little bit right now, but they're, they're going to scratch and they're going to play and they're, and they're going to find ways to win games like this. And, uh, you know, they also lost a game. They, you know, they, they, well, they won the Lions game sort of like that, but they also lost that opener on, on prime time on the first Monday night game, I believe, uh, against the Raiders, you know, uh, losing that game in overtime. So, yeah, and, and Kansas City, uh, I saw a great stat um, that the Chiefs did not, or the, the Bills did not, Leslie did not call one blitz the entire game. And really? they got four They got four takeaways, uh, like a handful of pressures, some, uh, two or three sacks. Um, and really, you know, and, and, and Kansas City only scored 20, uh, season low 20 points. Uh, that Zimmer so, just no, no, I'm just yeah, no, but I mean, they, what the, the Bills invested in their defensive line and there's talent there, and they're they're getting home with four, and uh, you know, and obviously Sean, you know, there's this argument about well, it's Sean McDermott, it's not Leslie Frazier, you know, I, I you know, Leslie, uh, I mean, he and I talked about this uh, after they beat, after they they came in and beat the the Vikings when they were 17 point underdogs back in uh, 18, I think it was. Um, yeah, McDermott is a defensive coach, but Leslie's calling the defense. There's enough trust there between the two of them that uh, Leslie is uh, is a very important. He's not just a you know, sorry George Edwards, but uh, he's not a, he's not a Mike Zimmer defensive coordinator. Right. To me, he's he's very very involved with that, and he's you know calling the plays. Uh, now, obviously, McDermott being a defensive guy, there's a lot probably a lot of conversation on the sideline when there's time for it. Um, but you know th- th- that Bills team uh, looks like the best team in the AFC right now to me. I agree with you. I agree with you. And in the NFC, we have the Cards who are five and zero and making the seventy-two Dolphins thirsty at the moment. And I don't even know that the Cardinals are the best team in the uh, those Packers. Uh, keep an eye on the Packers. My my Super Bowl pick there. Uh, oh God! Now you're not, not, that, not, not that I should not. This is probably the wrong. Uh, uh, it's probably the wrong stage to announce that again. So. Yeah, they just my, they, apo- they my apologies. Beat. They should have been beat by Cincinnati. The Bengals couldn't do the Vikings a solid. Come on. I don't know. Ugh. Well, <laughs> well, on that note, I'll leave I'll leave it go. I'll leave you go before you start talking anymore about the Packers. Can't have that. Uh <laughs> uh thanks for checking us out, folks. Thanks for uh Mark, thanks for the uh the uh back and forth each week. We love doing it and uh we'll be back Next week, after the Vikings take on the Carolina Panthers on the road, so that's a that's a big game. Uh, a win, let me, let me so upset special. It is. And it's like a point and a half, so I don't know if it's really a. I always hope some of these upset specials will make it to Sunday as still a uh, an upset, but uh, I I like it as my upset special. My um, four and four and one or three and one, whatever it is, uh, only have one loss on the upset special. So, all right, continue, Joe. I have to ask, ask this question now, just to keep the that part of our audience uh, uh, with us each week. Is is Zimmer's 
hot seat just a week to week thing now? Is I mean, he, how much time did he buy with this with this mediocre uh, win in against Detroit? Is 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 uh, is it week to week with with Mike now? Well, let's put it this way: if Kirk Cousins hadn't imitated Aaron Rodgers, and if Greg Joseph hadn't kicked that field goal, uh, I think the would have been a uh, five alarm fire. It would have already probably consumed everybody. Uh, I'm not saying it would have been fire, but my goodness, uh, if they had lost that, it would have had it. And I've said this before: is it? It had a it had a fire the coach feel to it. And that's no offense to Zimmer. That's just it, it put anybody in that position uh, where they're at and what's going on and uh, not making the playoffs last year and where he is. Uh, that would have been a. Uh, very very bad, but I do think that I do think that that you know when you play and you win at the end, it's it it buys you time. Well, winning is it used to be like that's all that mattered. It's probably not that way anymore for people, but, uh, for for the people who run a football organizations. It's uh, that's uh, that's the bottom line. I think if he uh, uh, he is more desperate than anybody to win this week, because then if he wins against Carolina. It almost gets a bye week. Zimmer gets another win. I mean, it's, it, it, it just feels like that. It, 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 I don't know if I can explain what I'm thinking, but if he loses here, then you got a week of festering over to, to fire him. So I think he's even is just as desperate this week to get a win because then he gets to breathe for a while. Then he gets to, to look forward to this brutal second-half schedule. But Zimmer gets a bigger break than he would have if it was just to another week. I, you know, I – Maybe that's not making any sense, but I think it's a really huge game for him. Yeah, uh, not as big as last week. Uh, being a, being a, yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's funny because yeah, we've been I don't know however many years Kirk's been here, but every week there's always ultimately I'm not you know knocking on anyone, but uh, ultimately there's always a is this game bigger than last week's game or whatever. And you know, Kirk's been saying this for four years now. Yeah, you know, each one is is big and. And he's right. I mean, we when we get to that week's game, it's always there's always things going on that's like, well, this game's bigger, you know, because it's bigger because it's staring you in the face. And as long as you're still in the hunt, it's bigger than the previous week's game. All right, we'll leave it at that. Mark, thanks, uh, folks. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll see you next week after hopefully another Vikings win. And uh, for my buddy Joe Johnson, who we celebrated his life this past weekend. Skull, skull, brother. Love you. All right. Thanks. See ya.